Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. The Bryce Harper fight. We got some great audio, I'm told, so I'll play uh, a variety of those cuts as we kind of break it down. Bryce Harper hit by a pitch. He storms the mound. He makes an unbelievable decision to take off his baseball helmet and throw it. One of the worst throws in the history of baseball, nowhere near the pitcher, who at least the pitcher is like, actually reacting to the helmet it's funny that he kind of protected himself against the helmet he turned his back to kind of avoid getting hit by the helmet but as soon as the punches started to fly he wasn't hiding from those uh Bryce Harper explained the decision that he made when he threw his helmet here it is I was trying to go after him I mean I not you know with a helmet or you know just myself and just trying to you know do what I needed to do to you know keep it going I guess I don't know I mean I just in that situation you see red I mean you just try to you know do the best you can and get out of there and not get crushed by you know one of their teammates coming in buster posey's there in all of his catching gear it's almost impossible to hurt him he didn't get that aggressively between his pitcher and bryce harper here was his explanation of what exactly was going down from his perspective after it happened i kind of saw harper point and then you know next thing you know he's going out after him and uh yeah there's some big guys tumbling around on the ground you see mike morris's about as big as they come and he was getting knocked around like a pinball so um be a little dangerous to get in get in there sometimes making a decision to uh, to preserve him a business decision there by uh, by buster posey but it does raise the question why do we allow fighting in baseball and i've been asking this question for a long time and honestly i think it applies to hockey too if you wanted to end it you could All you would have to do is suspend somebody for like a month and not let them get paid. 
and it would never happen again. Remember, after the malice in the palace, David Stern and the NBA, they sat back and they said, okay, we can't ever have this happen again. Now, the NBA is a little bit different in this respect. The fight could very easily spiral into the crowd. And you had fans getting decked in the, in the malice in the palace, the brawl that took place there. That's a different element that certainly the NBA has that isn't at play in any other major sport. Nobody else, if there's a fight on the court, does some random person sitting courtside take a haymaker. And you could see how in a modern social media era, that thing would fall apart in a hurry. Can you imagine if there was a fight courtside in the NBA, people are swinging and a kid gets hit or a woman gets hit or a uh, old person gets hit, right? I mean, the, the, the optics on that are a disaster. And you have those people who are sitting courtside paying so much money to get involved uh, in watching the game. You also have the possibility of the fight spiraling and turning into a larger brawl. I can see why the NBA has been so proactive about ending fighting in its league. Now, you can also throw in the racial component here, and I don't think that's unfair to do here. If the NBA were 70% white, would people be fine with basketball players fighting? I don't know the answer to that. Maybe. I tend to think that it's the courtside seats that makes it so much of a danger to the fans, the highest paid fans, the ones who are sending the most love in the direction of your teams by buying those courtside seats that makes a fight in the NBA different. But in the wake of that, the NBA stepped up and said, we're not going to allow this to happen anymore. And as a result, we make fun of like the fights that exist in the NBA, but it's almost never happens now that a punch is thrown. College basketball did this. College basketball did this. They said, look, if you get into a fight, and there used to be lots of big college basketball fights. Back in the day, Shaquille O'Neal was a part of one of the biggest basketball fights in college basketball history. It was amazing. Dale Brown, LSU, playing against the University of Tennessee. Go back and YouTube that fight if you want to see an incredible fight that Shaquille O'Neal was involved in in college basketball. College basketball says, look, if you swing twice in a college basketball game, your season's basically over. And as a result, nobody ever fights in college basketball. So I don't buy into this fact that people say, oh, well, that's how you regulate the rules. And if you don't let somebody charge the mound, you got pitchers throwing it. No. If the Major League Baseball came out and said, Bryce Harper, you're suspended for a month. And if they also suspended the pitcher here and several other players who came on to the field, nobody would ever charge the mound anymore. It would be over. If an umpire decided with his discretion that a guy was being intentionally thrown at, you throw the pitcher out for a month. You protect the batter, and it's the job of baseball to do it as opposed to these arcane, unwritten rules. You say, look, if you come onto the field in any way and you aren't on the field, then you get suspended for a month. Now, people made fun of it and were upset with it, with the draconian rules about the NBA allowing guys who were not on the court to come on the court, most memorably with Amari Stoudemire in Game 6 in that Suns-Spurs series may well have cost the Suns an NBA championship, that rule. But as a result, nobody comes on the court anytime there's a flare-up on the NBA. And that's because everybody's aware of what the rule is. If you did that in baseball and said, look, if you're not on the field and you come on the field, we don't need this scrum in the mound. We don't need everybody rushing in from the bullpen. We don't need every single player on the entire field meeting at midfield. And if you watch that, there were a couple of guys just killing each other, running into each other full speed. I mean, it's a dangerous situation. 
to allow a bench-clearing brawl, baseball could end it. Why is there no pressure on baseball to end it? I, I would love to know the answer. Why do we allow a situation like Bryce Harper to happen? If that happened in the NBA, the people would be would lose their mind. If we had 25 guys, 30 guys, whatever the math is, 30 guys, all 15 guys on the roster, plus his coaches out there throwing punches, it would be unbelievable in terms of the reaction. Is it just because baseball is predominantly white and Latino dudes? Is it because the fans aren't in danger? It is, to me, crazy that we continue to allow pitchers to throw at batters to send messages. You got a guy like Bryce Harper is going to be a free agent in 2019, may become the highest paid player in the history of baseball. And he's charging them out because he's getting intentionally hit. First of all, he shouldn't get intentionally hit. Second, the fact that he did. What if he got severely injured during his rush to the mound? What if he got severely injured by somebody intentionally throwing at him? I don't understand how baseball allows this to happen. Am I being a total pussy willow about this? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Got Paul Papp's Dan Patrick Show. Does absolutely outstanding work there as one of the Danettes. Paulie, what do you think? Am I crazy here for saying that baseball should do away with fighting? Or if they're going to allow fighting in baseball, circle back around and say, why don't we have it in the NBA and in the NFL? If it was a bunch of, if Bryce Harper were black and everybody who played baseball was black, would they allow it? You know, I got to soak that one in a little bit. I was driving and I listened to your reasoning there. I think the reason for fighting in baseball that it's allowed is that it's tradition. I grew up watching it. And baseball fights, I think, are the most benign fights in all of sports. The guy runs out, we get all hyped up, and by the time he gets there, he maybe gets one kind of half-assed punch in, and then everyone just collapses upon him in a pile and nothing happens. If there was a, a result of a fight like a Rudy Tomjanovich, Kermit Washington moment in a you fight, you think that baseball, would change? I, I think it would. Uh, it would call all of us to action if someone got really hurt. But it seems like baseball fights are pretty benign. A pile of guys who really don't know much about fighting. It's not hockey guys or football guys, and then nothing really happens. Once in a while, there's like a Mario Soto who throws a ball at someone, or someone who carries a bat out there. But the tradition of fighting in baseball is a guy gets hit, he gives that stare, the catcher kind of. You know, shadows him, and then he runs out. They take a swing. Nothing happens, and everyone you know has a good time on watching on the highlights. It's insanely entertaining. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree, but I think basketball fights are often insanely entertaining too. I was talking about the Heat versus the Knicks, like that brawl that we had in the actual playoffs. And obviously, the most famous I would probably say for people who are old enough to remember it, who are waking up early this morning listening to us, is mm-hmm. Robin Ventura and Nolan Ryan. Right? Nolan right. Ryan got Robin Ventura in the headlock and hit him like. 10 different times. Robin Ventura had no idea what happened to him. I'd say that's probably the most famous in the last 25 years or so, and it might have been more than 25 years since that happened. The most famous baseball charging the mound incident that anybody can remember. Yeah, and I think that's a good one you bring up because baseball fights are entertaining and they're almost funny. The Nolan Ryan, I saw, I went to like a a sports memorabilia place and you could buy a signed Nolan Ryan giving noogies to Robin Ventura uh, (laughs) photo. And I think that's why baseball fights, there's not that one fight where someone got really hurt or, or career ending. And as long as nobody goes out with a bat or uses a weapon, those baseball fights, we kind of shake them off because I think also baseball needs it, needs a little bit of attention. What would have happened, you brought up the Rudy Tomjanovich punch and, and Kermit Washington, and I think certainly, although they continued to allow fighting in the NBA even after that happened, 
what if somebody catches one of those punches? What if Bryce Harper caught one or he caught a pitcher or somebody and this was like a serious injury that happened? Does well, the rule change that? Yeah, I think we look at it. When a star misses baseball games or in any sport, you can even go back to Tom Brady when he gets hit in the knee by Bernie Pollard. Tons of quarterbacks got hit in the knee, but they weren't Tom Brady. And when Tom Brady misses a season by some guy rolling up into his knees, we institute a rule to prevent that from happening because leagues don't want their stars gone. But I, I go back to my childhood. I remember watching fights, and they didn't happen that often. And they broke up the summer. You know, summer is a long time for baseball, and nobody got hurt. It's like crashes in NASCAR. The crashes these days in NASCAR are more – they're still spectacular, but the safety is so much better. Back in those Ernie Irvin days and Dale Earnhardt Sr. days, there was real catastrophe that could happen on a racetrack. And now the, the, the wrecks in NASCAR, it seems like, and I'm not speaking for the sport, they're safer wrecks because of soft walls and how protected the drivers are. And when there's not catastrophe, there's really not a call to action. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too. NASCAR has clearly died as a sport. And I don't know. I mean, there's lots of people out there, and I'm fascinated by the story. What makes a culture that seemed to have been built up so well suddenly collapse? Nobody watches NASCAR races, and and, and by and large, and they're about to lose Earnhardt Jr. I don't even know where it would rank now on the flow chart. But I I do think, what do you guys got coming up on DP Show, by the way? Uh, I think we're going to talk a lot about Tiger Woods and is, you know, kind of where he is now. My thought of this is, when I saw it today, I mean, yesterday, I was very surprised. But I almost thought, like, well, you know, everybody's human. And I'm, I'm excusing him, but it, it seems like we, I think a lot of people think that if you have $500 million in the bank, you're immune to the normal day-to-day issues that we all go through. And, uh, you know, if, 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 if you have $500 million in the bank and you can't get a ride, how can, you know, how does the average person deal with it? And, and it's just a fascinating story because if Tiger were playing really well, this would be a completely different story. But when he's down, I think everyone's going to be out for him and to talk about him and to critique what's going on here. And I think the most interesting thing for me is the sponsors. What do sponsors do today? And they wait and see how this plays out. Do you buy at all that Tiger Woods wasn't drinking? I like to give people an open berth uh, until I know more details. I would think that in the police report, you'd have a lot more details that he, you know, what he did or didn't do during the arrest. But, uh, you know, I'd like to see how it plays out. But they issued a statement pretty fast. That's what managers and PR people try to do. They try to put a story to bed as fast as possible, try to give an explanation as fast as possible to avoid speculation. I don't know if they helped here, though. Yeah, you know, what's also interesting is I almost think worse of Tiger if it's prescription drugs than I do alcohol. Let me explain why. People are like, what in the world are you talking about? If it's alcohol, then I'm like, okay, the guy went out on – Sunday before Memorial Day, and he had too much to drink, and he got in his car, and he made a mistake, and he drove home. If it's prescription drugs, like, that would mean that he's always on these prescription drugs, right? Which is, you know, maybe more likely if he's on these pain pills because of his back issues and everything else. That makes me think, like, this is more likely to be even an addiction because I do believe people can make really bad decisions with alcohol one or two times and not necessarily be alcoholics, right? I mean, that that's just right. my theory. Whereas if you're on prescription pills and you're in such bad shape on those prescription pills that you're being noticed and pulled over and driving erratically and that they think you're drunk, if that were true, then to me that means that he's probably got a prescription pill addiction, right, which is even scarier. I don't I don't think that for some reason he's just going to pop a couple of prescription pills. That, that seems like something those painkillers seem like kind of an opiate that is, that is much more impactful long range than maybe making a bad decision one time. I believe you can get drunk and drive and make a bad decision one time. I think the prescription pills makes me think, man, he might have – 
a perpetual problem here with painkillers. Right. I got to run in right now, but the weird thing, I saw something on Twitter this morning early. What a weird month it is. Tiger Woods having the month that he's having, and John Daly just won a golf tournament. Look at those, uh, the juxtaposition there. Outstanding stuff. Appreciate the call. Go listen to a DP show when you finish this show. Appreciate it, man. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. And we are joined now by our guy, Jeff Schwartz. Usually he's on with us on Wednesdays in hour two. Today he's joining us on Tuesdays in hour two. And we've got a ton of stories out there. We're talking about the Bryce Harper hit by a pitch uh, rushing the mound. Preds, Penguins, Catfish on the ice. Looks like it's going to lead to redemption instead. The Penguins hold on and win 5-3, as well as Tiger Woods and whether this is the worst collapse in the history of sports. Bring in Jeff Schwartz. And Jeff, let's start with Tiger, actually. Can you think of an athlete who has fallen off the planet like radar? He's the best in the world at what he does. He beats Rocco Mediate nearly nine years ago in the U.S. Open to win his 14th major. And then I believe in that Thanksgiving, that that off season, he has his wife, the fallout, he gets divorced, everything in his life comes spiraling undone. He comes back and is decent for a little while, never wins a major, and now it appears that he may never play. I mean, this is crazy. He may never play in another major. Now, maybe he will, but with his injuries to his back and the fact that he's not playing, it looks like this year, what's going on with Tiger? Can you remember an athlete like this that has had a collapse like this? Never. And I think what's shocking is we all thought he was bulletproof. Like he had no real scandals. Um, he just loved golf. He'd been playing since he was two or three. And he was dominant. I mean, he was the most dominant golfer of my generation, obviously, and, and maybe of all time. And we thought he was on the way to breaking the uh, the major record. And it's, just, it's, it's so fascinating to me that people are so happy at times that Tiger um, is failing and everything he did, though, was in private. Like, that was his private life. It became public when he got hit in the face with a golf club. But people are so excited to get in his private life. And, and to me, as a fan, um, I don't look to athletes to be my role models. So I just want to be entertained. And Tiger Woods entertain me. So if he wants to be on the side um, banging hookers and doing what he does, that's not my business. Like, that's his own life, obviously. And I just want him to win majors. It was, golf was better when he was in contention. There's no doubt, and I can't think, we're going to talk about this in hour three a little bit more, of guys who have fallen off the radar like Tiger has. Again, Tiger blaming prescription pills, even though he was arrested for a DUI. That makes it almost worse. I'm, I'm, you played eight years in the NFL, and obviously NFL guys put their bodies through the ringer. How common did you think and or see guys using prescription pain pills and think, man, I don't think this guy could go without using it. I mean, was that something that on your day-to-day existence was very common? There's only one time I had a teammate who I knew was addicted to them. Um, and it was it was troublesome. I mean, he was having maybe four or five a day, uh, the Vicodins. I think it was the Vicodin. Um, generally, I don't think it's talked about very much. You know, I think more often guys talk about using marijuana as a, as a um, kind of a supplement uh, for pain medicine. And a lot of guys use it uh, to help themselves relax at night, to help them sleep, help them recover from injuries. Um, and, you know, the science is showing that this is better for you than using prescription drugs. And I know the NFL is going to be hard-headed about it. They're not going to change their policy until uh, marijuana becomes legal um, federally. I, I get that. I get why they're not going to do it. 
Um, but you know, the evidence is showing that that's better for you to take than prescription drugs because, um, you know, it's, your body hurts, man. I mean, I think that's a lot of, you'll, you'll hear a lot of guys who have retired, uh, especially guys who retire on their own, that they're just tired of the way they feel on Mondays after games or after a, a tough practice. Uh, it's just, it's just cumulative and it wears you down and it, it's just hard to explain the aching and the soreness. And, you know, like, I got to a point where, I couldn't sleep after a night game. Like if we played a night game, we played a lot in New York. Um, you know, I get home from a home night game at one thirty or two in the morning, and I just wouldn't sleep because my body was so amped up, and I was just in. I wasn't even in pain. My body was just in shock of what happened to me. It's a good way of putting it, and I don't. I don't think your average fan even understands that. And a big part of playing in the NFL, obviously, is lining up for those tour doll shots, which are insanely unhealthy but are also insanely common. How often did you have to take a Toradol shot to play? I never started a game without Toradol. And for people who don't know, explain and what by the that way, entails. It, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an anti-inflammatory. It's a strong anti-inflammatory. You get If you go have surgery, you get it. Um, you can get it. Uh, it's a prescription. Look. Um, How much difference did it make I, for you? Um, it made a difference when I was younger, I think when I got older and I, you know, when I needed it a lot for my ankle, uh, toward the end of my career, it, it didn't really, uh, do as much as it had in the past. I think guys just, it's mentally, you know, they mentally feel more invincible, I, I will say. But look, here's the thing about Toradol is that if you take it just like anything else, you take it without abusing it. You don't drink large amounts of, of alcohol on Toradol. Um, and you take it responsibly. It's not that bad for you, but, there's guys that, you know, take Toradol, they play their game, they go out and have 18 beers, um, and that's not good for you. Uh, so you have to kind of pick and choose uh, your poison here. If you're going to be a guy who takes Toradol, then you might have to limit how you drink. Because um, a lot of people that end up having issues with Toradol, you find out that they're heavy drinkers as well. So um, I think within, within moderation, it's good for you, but it's leaving the game now. I mean, there's, like, my brother, I don't think, has ever had a Toradol shot. Um, but when I was early in the NFL, you just would go to the training room before the game to have a shot, boom, right right in the butt, and go play your game. How many guys would be lining up for Toradol shots? Like a ton? Yeah, every starter probably. And I think the average fan doesn't know that. But And, and for guys I've talked to, I mean, it, it basically makes you feel like you're 18 years old again for a short amount yeah. of time. The downside is – you can have an injury, play on it, it doesn't hurt that much, but then it's going to be that much worse when the pain killer wears off, right? Uh, yes. It, it's like any pain medicine, right? So you, you take it, uh, you feel – it's not – by the way, it's, it's not pain medicine. It's like it's like a leave or an Advil. It's a very strong anti-inflammatory. Um, and uh, an ibuprofen. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. It doesn't mask a major injury. I mean, I, I broke my leg twice on the field. I mean, it hurt. It dislocated my toe. Uh, it didn't hurt that bad, but maybe just because I was on Toradol or adrenaline or a combination of everything. Um, but, you know, Toradol does wear off, and you actually kind of feel when it when it wears off. You know, your body aches a little bit more. But if you have a major injury, you, you're going you're gonna to hurt, I mean, no matter what. Um, I think it just might be able to mask, um, you know, a little bit of head trauma, which is the issue. This is why Toradol is a problem and why people don't like it is because it, it can mask a, a muscle pull maybe or it can mask a head injury, and obviously – um, you know, that's that's the concern. If you take Toradol, you, you won't feel your concussion. Jeff, we talked a decent amount about the Bryce Harper fight, and that was actually a pretty good baseball fight. But the question that I asked, and I think it's uh, it's one that you'll be fascinated by, 
why do we allow fighting in hockey and baseball and not really allow fighting in the NFL and the NBA? You played in the NFL. Do you remember ever seeing an actual fight on the field in a game you were involved in? Sure. I mean, there were there were times there were the Rams, uh, Giants, twenty fourteen. There was a little brawl on the sidelines. Well, you know, football is always violent, so you can get a guy back. Look, with Hunter Strickland right. and Bryce Harper, what they did. I mean, Strickland. That was from twenty. I'm a Giants fan. I remember twenty fourteen playoffs. Um, Bryce Harper took Strickland deep twice. That's that, that's why he got hit. It was so it's for baseball fights. That fight was actually good, but it was the premise for it was ridiculous. That's why you know people will kill Buster Posey, the Giants catcher, for not going out to defend Strickland. But I mean, he's not running out there for a three year old feud uh, when the Giants won the World Series that year. That's just that's that's outrageous for him to do that. But um, you know, I think that that. It's a football. You don't have to because the you, you know you can be violent every play with each other. Basketball, they've just gone from the malice and the palace. They just don't go in the opposite direction. Like they don't want that to stain their reputation anymore. Um, and to me, like when I watch the Warriors play, I think to myself, why doesn't someone knock down Steph Curry? Like it seems so like such a simple thing to do that you would take him out of his rhythm. I mean, the Cavs tried last postseason and they did a good job of it of being more physical with him coming off screens and checking them and things like that and it obviously wore him down it just blows my mind that the warriors dance and and celebrate and and taunt people and no one knocks them down i mean the nba is just completely different now um and you know i think the Cavs will be physical with him but never to the point of what we saw in the 80s and 90s and even the early 2000s so i asked the question do you think race has anything to do with it do you think because baseball is predominantly white guys and Latino guys, but predominantly white guys, and certainly basketball is almost all black guys, that that's a big reason why the difference in the sports when it comes to fighting? Because baseball, my argument is, baseball, if they really wanted to take fighting out of the game, they could institute suspensions like the NBA did, You know, penalize players who run out of the dugout onto the field, uh, penalize pitchers well, when you know they... that they're doing it intentionally. I mean, like significant penalties. Yeah, I mean... I don't think it's a race thing. I think it's more of um, a, a couple of reasons. One is typically baseball fights, they're not actually fights. They just kind of run out there and they, they slap each other for a second. And this was an actual fight yesterday. Strickland and Harper hit each other uh, and they actually connected. Um, and I think baseball is romantic, right? People love like the culture of baseball and, and the old school. And they like, and this is like a tradition of baseball, right? Like it's a, it's the middle of the season right now. Tempers flare. You run out there. Uh, you stand around and you yell at each other, and then you just continue on your way. I think people people accept the tradition of of baseball, and, and part of that is a dugout's clearing. And I think that's more of of what it is than than a race issue. I think the biggest argument you can make in the difference is the NBA. The fans could theoretically be in danger, whereas in Major League Baseball. The fans, much like in football and, and hockey, certainly, are removed from the actual playing sur- surface. So there's not going to have a situation where it typically will spiral into the crowd at all. So don't you think it's crazy, though, that you got Bryce Harper, who's 24 years old and potentially is going to be the highest paid baseball player in the entire history of the game, that he's risking himself running out there throwing haymakers? Like if he tears an ACL or he takes a Kermit Washington punch, let's say, and just totally gets wrecked. I mean, does things change in baseball almost overnight? Yes. 
Uh, I think a good example of that is in, in 2011, uh, Buster Posey, the Giants catcher, uh, was blocking home plate and broke his leg. Great example. And, yes. And they just said, we're done with this. Uh, we, we can't have this happen anymore. You know, our young, great catcher uh, breaks his leg. We're not having... Um, we're not having collisions at the plate anymore. And it's gone. There's no collisions at the plate. The, the catchers are not allowed to block the plate unless they have the ball. Um, and so I think if Bryce Harper were to hurt himself, you know, also what's, what's interesting about baseball fights is, it, you know, Bryce Harper obviously whiffed with the, with the helmet toss. But if he hits Strickland in the face with that thing, that does a lot of damage. Is that a criminal? Is that now a criminal charge? Or used his bat. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I mean like, it, it, sometimes guys will storm the mound and not drop their bat. And then you got guys who are incredibly strong and obviously very skilled at swinging a bat with ill intentions when it comes to a baseball. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I don't think the helmet would have been a criminal uh, criminal act. But I do think if somebody ran out there with a bat and started swinging the bat at the pitcher and we've seen this happen a couple of times in minor league, right? You see this go viral yeah. where a guy doesn't drop his bat and runs That's out to crazy, the mound. Uh, that so is, I think, it, that could change things overnight in a hurry, I think, as well. And, and it's a good point, I think, what you made about Buster Posey. Baseball has said before, and look, I mean, the NFL's done the same thing. Tom Brady gets his uh, knee blown up, and they change the rules about how you can hit quarterbacks because ultimately every league is a star-driven league, right? That yeah. They want the stars on the field. And Buster Posey, I mean, maybe that's a good answer for why he didn't want to get involved in the brawl. He's like, dude, I, I've already had a serious injury for something that arguably didn't deal with baseball. The last thing I'm going to do when I got a knucklehead pitcher who's throwing at a guy because of something that happened three years ago is go back him up. Most of the time uh, when guys get hit in baseball, it's planned. I mean, you know, a catcher setting up an inside corner, they have an idea. And I think Posey got caught off guard. Uh, he wasn't trying, you know, he was set on the outside corner. He hits him with a fastball. If you look, Posey kind of shrugged his shoulders like, why are we going down this route again? He wasn't able to get involved. But I definitely think he thought to himself, look, he's, the, he's playing really well right now. He's batting 330. Uh, he's the best player on a, on a really crappy Giants team right now. And I just think he thought to myself, I'm just not going to get hurt. Um, and I think with baseball, too, guys feel really physically threatened. It's not a violent game, right? So when someone throws at you, they feel physically threatened, and that might kind of like ignite some some animalistic instincts in them. They just go fight somebody. Um, but my fa- my all time favorite part about baseball fights is you know there's that 25th guy in the dugout who just can't wait for a fight every every day. He just can't wait. And finally, yes. when there's a fight, he runs like a four four forty to the mound <laughs> and just goes and just decks somebody. And uh, yesterday, two giants and actually ran into each other. One was Shamarja, who used to play football yes. for Notre Dame. Him and Michael Morse. Like Michael they wrecked Morris each other. Seven. That's probably the most they significant hit that anybody other. had. Um, and and uh, it's just like, you know those guys just waiting in the dugout. Like, today's the day, guys. I know it. We're going to get in a fight. And it's just, uh, baseball is, uh, I love baseball, but it's a long season. There's no doubt at all. I mean, from an entertainment perspective, again, we're talking about baseball and we're talking about Bryce Harper. Now, we probably wouldn't have been talking about it if it didn't involve Bryce Harper. Obviously, the superstar, he and Mike Trout, the two biggest, I would say, youngest faces of baseball going right now. Mike Trout now out with an injury. Bryce Harper, I think, probably helps his brand, to be honest. Like, he's 24 years old. He's a fiery guy. I don't think this hurts him at all. The suspension, whatever, three, four games he gets, I don't think it will overall impact him very much. He probably will welcome the the days off from baseball. Um, But it is kind of a fascinating question why we allow fighting to continue in baseball, particularly the throwing at at, at batters, which then leads them to want to charge them out. You can understand why they feel so threatened. 
Uh, Jeff Schwartz, uh, last question for you. We haven't touched on Colin Kaepernick. Do you think the Seattle Seahawks will sign him? Doesn't seem like it. Uh, I think Ian Rappaport tweeted last night or or, um, or this morning about them starting OTAs, and uh, he's not imminent. You know, it was interesting, Spike Lee with this Instagram. I was on the radio the other day, and it popped up, and no one else had confirmed it. And, you know, just I don't know what the end game is for people that um, want Camp to get signed really badly. Do they want him to start? Do they want him to just be on the roster, the third quarterback, which is better than being the third quarterback? Um, I, I just don't know what the end game is. So I hope he signs so we can stop with the discussion about I heard you talking about it. You know, when he signs, he'll never be talked about again. It's a backup it's quarterback, over, which, is, which is kind of which is kind of crazy to me um, that you know, we make all this fuss about him. Um, and um, then when he gets, you know, he goes to Seattle and doesn't play at all, then he doesn't even get talked about. So it doesn't seem like anyone's going to sign him. You know, the Giants owner came out, John Maher, yesterday and said they're obviously not going to sign him um, with the fan backlash. So it's a very polarizing topic. Good stuff as always, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, take care. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. Sad story we begin with. Sometimes the animals get one of us. Tiger has killed a female zookeeper at a zoo about 80 miles north of London. Police say a tiger entered an enclosure with a keeper, and sadly, the female zookeeper died at the scene. Rough day for tigers between that and Tiger Woods. On more heroic stand, made in Australia, A great white shark jumped into a man's boat. Four feet, the great white just jumped into the boat. The man killed the great white shark and said he plans on continuing to fish. He was 72 years old. I don't know about you guys, but I am not ever of the belief that a great white shark could just jump into a boat. I saw the pictures of this. Terrifying. Jason Martin, did you see this story? Uh, Yeah, and yes, it was not. uh, doesn't make you want to go on a boat anytime soon. Did you guys see Danny G and Justin? Did you see the story about the great white shark that just jumped right into a boat? I did, and it got me wondering, like, how, how did he how did he kill it? Was it just it jumped, landed in the boat, and then he started stabbing it? I, I that that's what I wanted to know. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that if you keep him in there long enough, that's like he'll drown. Like, I mean, he'll you know, he has to live in the water. This is my expertise on sharks. So if you kept a shark out of the water long enough, he would die. I don't know how he keeps from tipping the boat over. I really don't. You would think ponies aren't going to hurt us. Well, that's not true. Three people were hurt after a pony stampede at a Wisconsin parade. Ponies pulling a wagon in Memorial Day parade in southeastern Wisconsin rushed onto a crowded sidewalk. They then ran over people. Police say the ponies might have been startled by tennis balls that children threw or fireworks. That seems like a broad range. Kids throwing tennis balls versus fireworks, I don't know, but you're not even safe from ponies right now in this country. Jason Martin, what have you got? I've got a venomous four-foot blackthroat monitor lizard found on a cargo plane in Miami as a stowaway. A four-foot lizard. No one has any idea 
how it got there. They're apparently native to East Africa, Tanzania to be exact. If they're not handled regularly, they can become aggressive and lash out you with your tails. They can puff up their body. They can hiss. They can bite. Apparently, they can also be docile, but there's a four-foot lizard and no one has any clue how it got onto a cargo plane, and of course it happened in Florida. Authorities also don't seem to know where the plane was before arriving at the airport. So if you're at the Miami International Airport, head on a swivel, you might find a four-foot venomous blackthroat monitor lizard the next time you're there i think we need to focus more on this great white shark jumping into the boat these these quotes from this man are unbelievable here are his quotes i mean this guy is just out in an australian ocean he's just fishing and suddenly he says quote i caught a blur of something coming over the boat and the pectoral fin of the shark hit me on the forearm and knocked me down on the ground to my hands and knees He came right over the top of the motor and then dropped onto the floor. He was nine nine feet long. The boat only measured, again, they're in meters. I'm not sure. So the boat was not that much bigger than the shark itself. There I was on all fours, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And then he started to do the dance around and shake, and I couldn't get out quick enough onto the gunnel. Mr. Uh, Selwood reached for his radio, called the local Marine Rescue Volunteers, Marine Rescue Commander Karen Brown said a crew was sent out to rescue him and then went back out a second time to get him the boat and the shark. I uh, said the conditions when, the, when it happened were smooth, no surface fish or clear reason why the shark would jump into his boat. He said, and I quote, well, I'll be boogered. There's a shark in my boat. That is his quote. I didn't have a burly out, which does attract sharks. A- again, for some unknown reason, he just launched himself out of the water must have come up four feet out of the water to clear my outboard motor and drop straight into the boat. That is an unbelievable story. And the shark died. And then he's asked whether or not it will impact him. He said, I won't deter deter me from fishing. No way in the world. Uh, It's not a great story. It's just a mundane thing that happened and it's over and done with, but something that I'll remember. I'll go on with my life and repair the damage he made to my boat. The ultimate DBAP response Great white shark just leaps into your boat, and he says, not a great story, just a mundane thing that happened. It's over and done with, something that I'll remember. I would never go in the ocean again if I were on a boat and a great white shark jumped in. I'd be done. Be done with fishing. I'd be done with going out ever at sea again. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. I can't remember a situation ever where we have had a guy like Tiger Woods who was at the absolute apex of the sport, literally the best, if not the best of all time, nine years ago when he beat Rocco Mediate and got his 14th major. It seemed like Jack Nicklaus's record was going to fall, that he was going to run by it without even a close second, potentially. Instead, Tiger Woods' life falls apart that Thanksgiving when his wife attacks him with a golf club and finds out the fact that he's been unfaithful and has relationships with multiple women. Tiger does climb back up to number one in the world, but it has been a pretty precipitous fall from Tiger Woods being the greatest golfer maybe in the history of the game to a guy who's still not that old and you would think would still be able to contend. Remember, Phil Mickelson's still out there contending. There are lots of guys older than Tiger Woods who still have the ability to play golf at a high level. You really have to question whether Tiger Woods not just is ever going to contend for a major again, 
but heck, is even going to be able to play in a major again and at least make the cut. It's amazing how far he has fallen. Again, I think probably prescription drugs could have been very much involved here. It seems like his back pain has become so severe that he's having to medicate himself with pain pills all the time. And I can't imagine or think of a athlete story that is worse than this one in terms of being at the apex and not having an injury. What I talked about earlier in the show, I said, look, we've had a situation like Bo Jackson where Bo Jackson was one of the greatest athletes in the history of the game. He gets tackled awkwardly in a game when he's playing for the LA Raiders, I believe at the time, and he's never able to return to playing sports at a high level because of his injury. That happens. Great athletes have been injured and had their greatness taken away from them early because of injuries. But I can't think of an athlete like Tiger Woods, who was number one in the world, who may well have been the best at what he did to have him end up in a situation where he is right now. I actually just think of it as sad. I understand that there's some people out there who root against Tiger Woods and are happy to uh, to ridicule him. I just think this is sad. I don't think there's an element of anything other than sadness associated with the trajectory of Tiger Woods' career. And, and other than Doc Gooden, who was another guy who maybe got involved in substance abuse, I can't think of an athlete who has been so good and fallen so far. Jason Martin, do you have any athletes at all that compare with Tiger Woods, the descent that we have seen from Tiger Woods from the moment? Like, again, if you use as the height of Tiger Woods' career, and I think it's fair to say that it was, winning that U.S. Open on a broken leg against Rocco Media in a playoff, from that moment in time when he won his 14th major to what we just witnessed at around 3 a.m. on Memorial Day, it's unbelievable how far he has fallen. Okay, I'm going to give you seven names. Seven of them. Oh, wow. Seven so you names. really did your research here. Yeah. Okay. We talked about it yesterday, and I kind of thought about it and tried to come up with some names. Now, I'm going to caveat this first by saying Tiger is number one in my opinion. But there are some names of some other people. I don't know that they would rise to number one. One is Michael Vick. Another is Lance Armstrong. Let's break these down as, as you, okay. as you kind of right. toss Michael, them out. Okay. We'll start with Michael Vick. Michael Vick signs a $100 million deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Bobby Petrino has taken over as the coach of the Atlanta Falcons almost entirely because he wants to work with Michael Vick. Mm -hmm. Bobby Petrino bails on Louisville, goes down to Atlanta, takes this job. Michael Vick then becomes enmeshed in this dogfighting ring. He then goes to Fort Leavenworth, I believe, federal prison, comes back out of prison, signs another $100 million deal, uh, with what the Eagles, right? And then ends up kind of uh, kind of kicking his way around. Is not awful. I, I would say has almost full redemption mm -hmm. in those seasons that he plays with the Eagles. He looks like the Michael Vick that we all know and remember. And so that's an interesting argument, but I would argue that there was a little bit more peaks and valleys there, that it wasn't just a total precipitous decline, but it's a good name. Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong is 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 maybe the closest comparison. Now, Obviously, the difference with Lance Armstrong is he was just cheating, right? I mean, he just got busted for cheating. So in the very essence of his achievement was in question the entire time. But a guy who beat cancer, a guy who was, in many respects, kind of the face of American sporting life once he beat cancer with his Live Strong Foundation with everything else, 
Lance Armstrong is up there. I would. The difference with Tiger is, and maybe it's not a difference. Maybe the story that Tiger that nobody's talking about is, it are Tiger Woods health issues related to ped use. I don't know, but I think I think it's worth asking that question. Was Tiger Woods' uh, fall here connected to potentially him using peds to be better at golf than he otherwise would have been? There were rumors of that for a long time. There wasn't significant testing, but certainly that's a question worth asking. Okay, those are two good names. Mike Tyson. Whew. Tyson. I mean, man, if you think about what Mike Tyson was, in the moments before he was knocked out by Buster Douglas. He was the baddest man on the planet. And if you aren't old enough to remember what Mike Tyson represented in that day and age, it's hard to even quantify what he was, right? I mean, Ronda Rousey was a pinprick of what Mike Tyson was. It's hard to even explain to people what boxing was. Like Floyd Mayweather's the most famous boxer in the world or the most famous boxer, at least in America right now. And he's a scintilla as famous as Mike Tyson was in his heyday. That was a great one. Okay. Tanya Harding. <laughs> Nobody knew Tanya Harding. But that story, they, these are good names. This is, this is a good list, J. Mart. I have to say. Like, this is really good work. I mean, Tanya Harding, the absurdity of what she was involved in, in terms of being, uh, basically putting a hit out on Nancy Kerrigan, Again, I, I wonder how old a lot of the people are who are listening to us. It's hard to explain how massive of a story. Was that 1994 at Lillehammer? Yes. One of the highest rated television sporting events of all time was the figure skating competition between Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. And people out there who don't remember this story, yes, Tanya uh, Harding still participated. Like she still was out there on the ice representing the United States, even though she put a hit out on her biggest competitor, Nancy Kerrigan. Wow. These are good names. These are great stories. Marion Jones, 2000 Sydney Olympics, five medals. None of them you'll remember. Not only did she do what she did in terms of cheating, she also spent six months in jail after pleading guilty to making false statements before a grand jury. That's a big fall. I think most people don't know Marion Jones. I think that's the difference. Like everybody on earth knows Tiger Woods. Sure. I think the vast majority of people don't even know who Marion Jones is. Another cheater, Ryan Braun, who was at the peak of his skill set when everything went down for him with PEDs. Yep. And then finally, Aaron Hernandez. These are good. These are this is a good list. I would say which ones are most similar to Tiger Woods. I don't know that we can point to anybody like the decisions that were made, right? Like Aaron Hernandez made the decision to commit murder and change his life. The decision that was made by Mike Tyson, and at least a jury agreed to rape a woman, fundamentally changed Mike Tyson's boxing career. Because he would have fought Holyfield still close to the peak of his abilities I wonder what Mike Tyson's boxing career would look like if he had not gotten arrested and put in jail for rape. But both of those guys are criminal justice system situations. Lance Armstrong, to me, is fascinating because his story spiraled so far beyond sports, and he motivated a lot of people, even though he may well have been cheating. Man, this is a really good list. 
of guys out there. What I don't think we're hit on still, and that's the question I'm asking, and I, I think it's because Tiger Woods is is unique in this respect. I can't think of a guy that was the best in the world that has crescendoed like Tiger Woods. There are guys whose natural declines correspond with their age, right? But golf is supposed to be the sport that you could theoretically, of all of these, play forever, right? There's a reason why the senior tour exists. It's because golf shouldn't be leaving you like it's left Tiger Woods. And there have been other guys who have been successful in golf and disappeared. David Duvall is an easy one. He won a major, I think won the British Open. And then his life just spiraled out of control. But that seems so psychological. And he was at one point, I guess, the number one in the world. I think Duvall was. But Tiger was potentially the best in the world. I I can't even think of what the equivalent. This would be like Michael Jordan suddenly at the age of like 36 just being unable to even play basketball. Well, fellas, you could argue that Barry Bonds was one of the best baseball players when his downward spiral began. You mean Bobby Bonds? Barry Bonds. But what what was Barry Bonds' downward spiral? I mean, he was extraordinary on the field. Well, I mean... I mean, he got popped for peds and, and yeah. rumors of associated use and everything else. But, I mean, he had statistically the greatest season in the history of baseball. I mean, it would be different if Tiger Woods had continued to dominate and then suddenly he failed a drug test or were charged with crimes relating to ped abuse. That would be different, but it would be a story we've seen before. Lance Armstrong, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, certainly Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Like Athletes being popped for using peds is a story that has become all too familiar. But that's not what happened with Tiger. I mean, he it's, it's as if Barry Bonds had gone from hitting 370 one year to suddenly hitting 110. Like the, the decline of his abilities would have had to be precipitous, and we just haven't seen that. It's a great list from J-Mart. I'll open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. Anything else even comparable to Tiger Woods? You heard Jason Martin's list. What we can't find is a guy who was the best in the world at what he did and ended up where Tiger is. And maybe if we go back nine years, I think it would have been fair to say if I'd come on that Monday after Tiger Woods won against Rocco Mediate with the broken leg, look, this is a guy who's the best golfer in the history of the sport. That wouldn't have been an irrational opinion at all to have nine years ago. In fact, it probably would have been the consensus opinion. Since that time, his life has unraveled. Everything has fallen apart around him. And I think it's fair to not even question whether he'll win a major or not. I think it's almost unheard of. I think it's fair to ask whether he'll even make the cut at a major ever again based on his health. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Speaking of not doing very well. Jason Martin, total collapse from you and Tebow Watch. I rely on you to keep us informed about Tebow Watch. And Tim Tebow made an incredible catch that was on television networks everywhere. It was the play of the day. It was impossible to miss, yet you missed it. Defend yourself. Here's the thing. Tebow snares a Manny Eloque line drive. It was a terrible pitch from Max Coons with one of the ugliest diving catches anybody's ever going to see. Like the worst Florida jump pass in history. 
and he preserved that win against the Lexington Legends on Thursday night. I mean, this thing was so bad, but it was so Tebow. He nearly cuts a flip after stumbling like a drunk Looney Tunes character and somehow still makes the play, and then after the game signs a million autographs because he can't just make the play because everybody wants to talk to him afterwards. Now, here's here are my reasons here. There's the sleep deprivation that continues to cause me issues. I have what I By would way, like to describe. Everybody's got sleep deprivation on this story, uh, this show, including as early as we have to get up. Danny G and Justin haven't even gone to bed yet on the West Coast. So they literally flipped their schedule. So I think the sleep deprivation, I'm not going to give you a pass on. Clay, I had And an you're odd... also single and no girlfriends, like no responsibilities in theory. That's not true, actually. You got a girlfriend now? Kind of, yeah. Wow. Life has changed. Maybe. Girlfriend still doesn't count. If you right now think you're (laughs) busy, if you right now think you're busy and you don't have kids, you're totally not that busy. No juice. Because you control the rest of your schedule. Anybody who's ever been a parent will tell you that's true. I got three kids, nine and under. Everybody out there right now who's driving into work right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. You may work 12 or 14 hours a day, but if you don't have kids when you're not working, like you control your schedule. You can go to the gym. You can go to a movie. You can veg out and watch Netflix. If you got kids, that's not possible. Like, they are ultimate time vacuums. They're fabulous, but you will never not be busy again for the rest of your life once you have at least one kid, and certainly once you have multiple kids. So, I had an odd reaction to prescription medication. Yeah, that's a good line. That's a good line. Go with the Tiger Woods excuse. Work drunk, just had a mental fatigue. Yeah, constant mental anguish from working with a gay, Muslim, racist, homophobe, alpha male. That's me. Yeah, I'm sure sure that you needed to explain that. For people out there who are confused. I've been pitching a perfect game for weeks, receiving multiple accolades, MVP candidate, and like James Harden, I crumbled under the pressure. All right, here's your opportunity redemption. I don't know what happened. I literally have no idea what Tim Tebow did over the weekend. Cue the music. Time for Tim Tebow, Tebow watch. Jason Martin, tempting redemption here. Yeah, Tim Tebow struggled in his last three games. Doubleheader on the road against the Lexington Legends. Yesterday, back at home against the Green Jackets of Augusta. Timothy Richard finished with the rare, infamous squadoosh. 0 for 10 from the plate. Six strikeouts. No walks. Never reached base once. Average has gone from 236 on May 24th to 214 today. In his last four games, zero hits. Just four in his last seven, though he does have one home run. New York Post report about that possible promotion came out on May the 12th. Since that point, exactly two decent games, two multi-hit efforts. That's over 13 different games. Tebow and the Fireflies, two more with Augusta today and tomorrow. Hopefully, he'll do a little better before they travel to Maryland for a four-game stretch with the Hagerstown Suns. And that is your Tebow watch for this Tuesday, May the 30th, 2017. Hopefully, that's correct. I don't have any faith in you now. Could be fake news. Now people out there who've been relying on you for Tebow Watch, they're sitting around like, is Donald Trump right? Is Jason Martin just fake news? Is Tebow Watch fake news? I don't know what's real anymore. That's a downside. A lot of faith loss for Outkick the Coverage with your performance last weekend, Jay Martin. Got to make up for it this week. That was good on your list. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 